With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. years ago he walked this earth teaching guiding loving and preparing to make the ultimate sacrifice for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whomever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life what if today you could talk to him laugh with him Cry with him, not only through prayer, but through the radio. You are listening to The Jesus Christ Show. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. And now, here's our host, Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I am every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. The people of God should not be concerned with outward appearance, but with inward convictions. Tonight is the annual Academy Awards ceremony, otherwise known as the Oscars. And you know how it will unfold. You've seen it many times yourself, I'm sure. It'll unfold like it does every single year. Not only will the event itself be a a great spectacle viewed by tens of millions of people around the globe on television, but the pre-event, the red carpet, the arrivals and all those interviews will be highlighted not only tonight... But they'll be revisited on television and in print, uh, fashion magazines, television movie entertainment magazines for weeks and weeks to come. 
the questions, uh, all of the conversation on the red carpet. It'll go back and forth between simple and light, jovial banter to inquiries about the filmmaker's latest projects, what they're working on, uh, what's new, family, all of those things. But the topic that will reign supreme as it tends to every single award season will be simply attire. Over and over, the question will be asked, who are you wearing? And the actors and the actresses will, as always, be willing and ready and eager to give an answer. Now, a lot of that, I realize, ties into it, you know, kind of uh, quid pro quo, a little something for something. Maybe they're being loaned the dress or sometimes the dress is designed for them or they're being loaned the diamonds, whatever it might be. And it's kind of – it's become practice and commonplace in Hollywood to wear this stuff and then talk about it and say, oh, this is so-and-so or so-and-so designer made this. And I get that aspect of things. But it seems strange when you think about it that in a profession like, like acting, where at its best, I mean really the skilled best, those, those actors and actresses – that the entirety of their job, of their profession, is to pull apart the human condition, to dive in when they're good to dark recesses in humanity, to really pull apart into the inner working of human emotions that a good actor and actress can provoke very complex questions, many of them dealing with morals and ethics it's a very – I know that it becomes just simply entertainment for many, but the art itself is quite profound and very deep when done right. So isn't it interesting that this deep profession that really pokes at human emotions and understanding the complexity of humans and their emotions, that it – gets whittled down so at a moment where you're being honored or going to be honored for the intensity of your work, someone on a red carpet asks, who are you wearing? I mean, it's almost, it's almost like somebody only noticing the costume during your performance. Costumes are wonderful. They play a huge part in theatrics. Of course, but imagine if somebody – if you worked very hard as an actor to do something and all someone ever you know, recognized was, oh, yeah, I saw that movie. That costume was neat. Slightly different because of the art that goes into those costumes. But here you are working, striving to be noticed, honing your craft, and right there on the red carpet, it's simply who are you wearing? Not even anything that – it had much to do with you to begin with. Maybe you picked out the color, right? Maybe the actor or actress is simply saying, oh, that fits me nice, but probably it's dozens of people that are cho choosing their wardrobe, and that's what they're asked about. 
Well, I realize that the church often maligns Hollywood and filmmakers. That's not my goal. That's not my goal today at all. Because truly when filmmaking is done right, it is a a powerful and creative tool that can be used to teach, to entertain, uh, even to inspire. But what I do want to point out is how one can get lost in one's own appearance, this outer shell, and wrongfully exchange aesthetics for actual character, really allowing all that you are inside to be overshadowed by something you draped over yourself. The fact that millions of people around the world will fixate on what an actor or actress will be wearing for the Academy Awards tonight seems really to say say more about the people watching than it does actually about Hollywood, who ends up getting picked on for it all the time. If it was because the world simply appreciated uh, the talent, craftsmanship, and artistry involved in fashion design, eh, that's one thing. But I can assure you that's not the case. The world is simply wrapped up more in appearance than real substance. God knows it is a tendency of mankind to get caught up in outwardly adornments, and Scripture mentions it often. Over and over you can read about parts in Scripture where God is pointing out not to be caught up just in physical appearance. 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4 says, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfeigning beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. What is valuable to God? that gentle and quiet spirit, that inner self, that unfading beauty. You ever have uh, an article of clothing, maybe it was vibrant and powerful at one point, and you had it out in the sun, maybe you left it in the car like a jacket, and you thought, oh, well, I'll use that during the winter, and you place it over uh, the car seat, and it sits there for a while. And then when you finally bring it in, you look at it, and you see, Wow, it's faded in this area. The sun has just bleached it. And that can't happen with who you are on the inside. That, that, that can happen with clothing, certainly, but not truly who you are on the inside, not the beauty of that gentle and quiet spirit, which God sees as worth much. In the Old Testament, Samuel is reminded by God not to be taken in by the appearance of someone just because what they look like. God looks at what is on the inside, not what is on the outside. I know that seems so basic and rudimentary, but I I still see it over and over again. And so people will mock those in Hollywood saying that they're the superficial ones, and maybe so, some of them may be. But really, do you think that 
they would do an entire pre-show devoted to what are you wearing or who are you wearing if it wasn't for you being interested, if you weren't the one that was propelling that and making that demand so that they would, in fact, create it. So in the Old Testament, Samuel is reminded by God, 1 Samuel sixteen seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord, the Lord looks at the heart. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. show i am your holy host happy to be with you this sunday as i am every single sunday same time same place right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife i'd love to hear from you if uh, you have a theology question dealing with god religion spirituality worldviews the bible or if there's something going on in your life we call them life situations i'd love to hear from you as well Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, I'd love for you to check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com, where you can find um, all kinds of things. Notes from today you will find uh, up in about, about 45 minutes or so. So we'll take your calls in just a little bit. Hang tight, but I'd love to hear from you. 877-HOLY-HOST. 877-HOLY-HOST. Tonight is the Oscars, and a lot of excitement comes with this, of course. Uh, people love to be entertained and enjoy those that entertain them. This is not about bashing Hollywood. I know the church loves doing that. It's not that uh, Hollywood is filled with saints, but there is a lot of talent that goes into entertaining properly. But how strange is it that when there are those that, that work very hard at their craft, like many actors and actresses do, that the moment they get on a red carpet and they're asked questions, it's about who are you wearing? And what does that really mean? Well, it means that the world is fixated upon the things that are on the outside. And so television and, and for weeks and weeks after, 
the Oscars. Of course, you, every magazine will have pictures of who was wearing what, and there will be all kinds of dissertations on who was best addressed and who wasn't and all kinds of things like that. Because the world is focused, including you, upon that which is on the outside. God knows that this is part of humanness, to get caught up in the outwardly adornments. And so in Scripture, God says over and over not to get wrapped up in that. And this isn't to say that you shouldn't keep yourself in shape or take care of yourself. Physical exercise and being in shape is a wonderful thing. But God wants your spiritual being to be fit as well. 1 Timothy 4.8, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So this is one of those things that if you're only caught up in the physical, that is only going to serve you here and now. Being spiritually fit serves you both here and later. And really this obsession with the outer appearance plays a part in so many places, even in the church. You'd think that in the church you could get away with it get away from it, rather, and it's not the case. A lot of times people in the church are dressing only to impress, only to make it known what what status they are in in the world somehow. And I don't want you to get caught up in that. I don't want you to get lost in those physical appearance. This is not about looking hideous or not taking care of yourself or any of those things. It's simply about understanding what is most valuable and what should be put first and foremost in your life. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. Have a little song. Won't take long. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Without you to see me through. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday. Right here, same time, same place, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. You can also find out more about our Archive Club. If you wish to hear more of the show during the week, you can do that at thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. Joey, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Oh, yes, good morning. Um, I, I'll start by saying I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, a Christian, uh, so I hope that's, uh, hope that's okay. Of course. My father, um, about a year ago, we discovered that he uh, inappropriately uh, touched my, my uh, daughter, mm. uh, nine years old, and um, since that time, a lot of other um, women have come forward. Um, a lot of allegations have been made, and it's to the point where uh, it's it's taken a uh, severe emotional toll, uh, mostly on myself. Um, my daughter seems to be okay, and my brother and sister uh, speak are, are just outraged. And my sister was one of the the, the people that. Um, alleges my, my, my father molested her when, when she was a kid and, and, and with what surfaced with my daughter, it, it, it brought up a lot of emotions in her and both her and my, my, my brother, um, have this sort of visceral hate for my father. And they a lot of times talk about wishing him dead, um, inflicting, um, physical pain upon him. And I don't feel that way. And I feel guilty that I don't feel that way. And I, I just don't know what I should be feeling um, because he was a good father. And up to that point, um, he was a good grandfather. But on the uh, other Joe, side, I'm thinking, Joey, how Joey, did I even believe that? Joey, he doesn't, he doesn't get the title good father or good grandfather anymore. If, you, if you're really going to add a comma or a but to something like this, uh, that is absolutely out of whack. You can't be a good father, but he molested his daughter. You can't be a good grandfather, but he molested his granddaughter. You don't get that anymore. That's a, that's a bad person, or at the very least, a very sick person that needs to be helped. But you, don't, you don't get to do that. You don't. 
also not feeling like the, my, the way my brother and sister do. And I don't, I don't wish him death. Um, well, no, that's not that. No one should wish him death either. And I'm not condoning that. And you have to work through your feelings the way you're going to work through your feelings. But you don't get to call him a, a good dad. Do people make mistakes? Absolutely. Are people messed up when it comes to sexuality? Absolutely. They're confused, frustrated, needy. Sometimes they're they're so wrapped up in their own wants, they don't see how it would affect other people. I get that. Humans will make mistakes. And yes, those mistakes sometimes will be done with children. But that is so egregious because of the power shift there. Um, people hurt people all the time. But when... Let's say law enforcement does it under under the strength and the banner of law and their authority. It becomes even more vulgar because they're abusing that authority, that power. And you hear stories now uh, time and again about uh, the the minority, most certainly minority group of law enforcement. But you'll get some occasionally here or there, that will do something very ugly, uh, and it just makes it worse. And when a child is comforted or somehow feels they're in a place of safety with a family member, and that family member abuses that, you know, this isn't two kids that happen to be five years apart, and one's curious, and the other's too young to understand. Uh, this, This is an adult that should want to protect them from that very thing, protect them from anyone wanting to harm them. And that it's been a, that there's been a pattern. That's not a good thing. There's, there's zero excuse for it. And he should be in prison. It's not that I'm, I'm, I'm making a, an, an excuse for him. Um, recently, my, my, my daughter uh, came to me and, uh, She's raised uh, Christian um, because my wife is is a, is a Christian, and mm-hmm. she came and told me that she forgives her grandfather. She, in, in her heart, she's forgiven him. And I just, when she said that, I, I my, my my feelings of guilt for not protecting her um, are just all consuming, and I don't know. I just don't know what to do. I get that you're the one calling, Joey, but the, the the conversation is very much about you when the truth of the matter is something happened to your daughter. And I'm not sure where that disconnect is, but it shouldn't even be about your guilt or anything. It should be about the health and protection of your 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 child and and if she's well because she's very young. And she may not even understand completely what took place and may not for some time. And when she does, there may be other issues that arise from it. But this could affect for the rest of her life how she sees men and how she deals with men. He Thank stole- you very much for your, for your advice. Uh, it, really, it really helped. I don't know that you're hearing. Why are, why do you not want to feel any of this? 
it's not that I don't want to feel. It's that I just don't feel. I I feel like like your father, father your father abused his authority and sexually touched your daughter. This is not complicated math. I realize there's emotion involved. But how you could not be vomiting profusely because of anger and disgust is beyond me. And I don't understand why I don't feel that way. That's 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 the guilt. I I I I don't understand why I don't feel the way that my brother and my sister feel. And I think that just makes it I I, I, I think that just makes it worse. Um, I don't communicate with my father any longer he's completely out of our out of our lives we've we've uh we've told other family members what happened so that he doesn't have no 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 have you filed a police report no i have not you must what he did was illegal and has a pattern of it you have to file a police report it's your duty as a human being, as a father, to protect other fathers, other children from experiencing this. You want it to go away. I get that. It would be better if it never happened. But it did happen. And either you have uh, some issues that you're wrestling with, with your own sexuality and the way things work. And you're giving him a pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Or on the normal scale, you're just confused because it's overwhelming. But the right thing to do is to go to law enforcement. I'm I'm blown away that nobody has turned him in. He's at least a two-time offender, and I guarantee it's not just two times. I know it's not what you wanted. I know it's not what you asked for in your life. Uh, but it's not what your daughter wanted or asked for either or your sister. It came upon them. And at this point with that uh, uh, coming into their life, somebody needs to deal with it. Somebody needs to stand up and they need to file a report and they need to make him accountable for it. I don't understand why the family protects a pedophile, a molester. To what end? Well, I thank you. Uh, thank you very much for the uh, 
the Lord, and it definitely gave me a different uh, perspective. I can hear your running shoes on already, so I'll let you go, Joey. But I will say this, that that desire to run, I can hear you pivoting on your foot. The more I turn you around and make you look at it, you pivot on your foot. And I will tell you, it won't, There, you can't run from this. This is something very ugly that was visited upon your family, and for that I'm sorry. But Joey, if you don't do anything about it, it only perpetuates. And now you are a part of it. Now every family member that doesn't call the police or doesn't file a report, now you yourself are part of the molestation. Furthermore, you're a part of any other person he touches or harms from here on out. And you can plug your ears and sing a song and speak real loud in hopes of not hearing me. But the closer I got you to the truth, the more of the reality of what took place I helped you see, the more squeamish you got and the more ready you were to run for the door. That is not a good sign. And I'm all for love, and I'm all for peace. But you better believe that regardless of how you read the scriptures, I am absolutely positively all for justice. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday. Right here answering your questions and talking about the things that matter in life and the things that matter in the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you if you have a theology question or a life situation question. 
Dial 877-HOLY-HOST numerically. That's 877-465-9467. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Jesus Show. Uh, mirrors are an interesting thing. If you think back, there was a time where their mirrors didn't exist. Glass didn't exist in the way you know in the same sense. So but at, at best... You would see things through murky water, a reflection in a pond, to see and know who you were, or at least how the world perceived you. So if there were vanity issues or things like that, it didn't matter. Couldn't see yourself. You didn't have that reflection reminding you. It's very easy to put yourself in a position where you don't see what's going on. There's a lot of mirrors around, yes. But if you tilt them just right, or you put them at the right height, or put them in the right room, you can really dodge quite a bit. And in life, if you refuse to see things, you become a part of what you refuse to see. There's no way to avoid it. And once you become a part of it, there's no excuse whatsoever. So you think you can hide, you think you can run, you think you can ignore, but you can't. Especially if God is coming to your door and calling you to do something. You think that there's some speed you can get up to where it won't be on your tail. That's not true. It's better to be attentive, convicted, and to make those tough choices than it is to remain ignorant. I realize there are bumper stickers that say the exact opposite, but ignorance is not bliss. It's not good to be in the dark. It doesn't make life better it means you're, you aren't experiencing life. You're experiencing a fantasy. It stinks. There are a lot of sharp edges in this world, and there are a lot of problems. People get hurt. People hurt people. There is understanding and insights that could be gained. You can learn. Not all is, is done with malice and... Uh, dark thoughts, sometimes people are broken. But you won't know these things. You won't know the difference. You won't know truly what's going on unless you explore. Unless you you're, uh, are accountable and you hold others accountable. You stand in the truth with the hopes of others standing in the truth so that things can get better. Ignoring, running away from, hoping things will go away does not propel the truth in any fashion. It certainly does not propel good. The old saying that all you have to do to perpetuate evil is for good people to do nothing. And that's the truth. You can sit back and pretend to enjoy the ride. Maybe somebody else will take care of it. Maybe not. 
But I assure you, all it will do is continue to revisit itself on you over and over and over again. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It does not and will not go away. My hope is you will find a place of strength, a way always in life to do that which is the right thing, which is the better thing, which is the best thing. And not just which is the convenient thing or the thing that feels good or is easier in some way or or fashion. And in doing that and being a part of it, I know it's not always easy. But being a part of that process to shed light in the darkest corners of the planet with some small hope of protecting you, your family, and others around you. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. years ago he walked this earth teaching guiding loving and preparing to make the ultimate sacrifice for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whomever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life what if today you could talk to him laugh with him Cry with him, not only through prayer, but through the radio. You are listening to The Jesus Christ Show. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. And now, here's our host, Jesus Christ. Are you ready?
It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you. If you have a theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877 877- Four six five nine four six seven, and I would normally direct you to our website, but the website's down right now. So uh, we are in the process of redoing the website, so you won't find anything there. As a matter of fact, um, but you can follow us, uh, and that should probably be a couple of weeks. Um, but uh, you can follow us on Twitter, of course, during the week and during the show at Jesus Show at Jesus Show. Always happy to connect with you and see everybody. Uh, awake and fighting the good fight that I know can be quite difficult at times. Robert, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Yes, my name is Robert, and uh-huh. I have a question. 2,000 years ago, we only had one offering for the Jesus Church. Now we have two offerings. First offering, when people give the most to Holy Land. Second offering, is for our community, our church. I hear that LA Union Rescue Mission has not enough funding to feed the homeless. I think two offerings, two offerings that started 20 years ago. I think we should just have one offering for our community. That's final. Is there a question in there somewhere? Uh, my theory is why do we have two offerings? Okay. Why don't we just have one? Yes, that's my final okay. question. Okay, Robert. Well, there are a couple of things going on usually when there is two offerings. Uh, the first offering is for the church itself. Uh, the church needs to pay bills for lighting, uh, for air conditioning, for all kinds of things. They have to pay the staff. Um, in a Protestant church, oftentimes the pastor and m- many of the staff members have second jobs as well. So. It's not like someone's living high on the hog there. Uh, in the Catholic Church, not only are they paying for the, the church proper right there, but they have uh, money that goes towards the diocese and things like that as well. The second offering in any church, whether it be Catholic or Protestant, should be uh, noted. There should be an explanation as to why. Sometimes it's for a secondary charity, or like you you said, there are people that, uh, missions that need money and things like that, and it should be noted somewhere, whether it's um, uh, noted from the pulpit or not is depending upon the church. Sometimes it might be uh, in your uh, announcements or in your booklet uh, that you'll get that explains what uh, mass is going to be or whether uh, what is uh, going to be discussed at the church. And these types of things should be noted. So whenever there's going to be that second uh, offering, it should be noted. As far as 2,000 years ago, people get the tithe uh, quite confused as to what tithing means and what it was at the time and what it should mean now. And it's very different. The Bible, quite specifically in the New Testament, is about giving with a cheerful heart and being in a state of, Uh, giving for God. 
totally different than some sort of mandatory guilt-ridden thing. So I think if your heart's in the right place and it's explained, uh, then be a part of it. If you don't, the the most important thing is to be a part of, uh, if you're part of that church community, to be a part of taking the burden of the bills for that church community as well. Uh, No one should be getting rich off of those uh, gifts, money offerings. Um, but if there are two, it one would be the first one would always be for the church itself, for the church proper, where you're sitting to pay for uh, the seats, the carpet, the everything, and the bills that they have monthly, just like any other place has. The second one would be for something specific. If it's an ongoing thing, that maybe it's be, uh, a building fund. Maybe they're uh, building something and they need extra money for that new project or whatever it is. But they should tell you either way. And another thing that is very important for any church, if you are a part of that church and they are asking you to give, that at least once a year uh, you should feel comfortable going into that church, uh, not you know in some na- nasty form, but going in as a parishioner or as a member of the body of that church and asking to see their books, see where the money goes and how it's divvied up and things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. You are part of that system. Um, that you should know where it goes. You should never be turned away or never be treated poorly because you want to know how the church breaks up the money and divvies it up and where it goes to and for what reasons. I think that's a a very good practice to get into. A lot of people don't do that. They just kind of give and think, oh, that, you know, I'm just doing my duty and I shouldn't ask. But uh, it's very healthy to uh, go in and ask about those things and participate in those things. Marty, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Well, hello. Thank you very kindly for taking my call. My pleasure. How can I help you? Well, I had a question. uh, And first of all, I want to thank you for uh, what a magnificent presentation you have for a spiritual support. Oh, that's kind of you. Thank you for listening. Yes, I come from hospice care, and I deal with people who are on the edge of uh, the end-of-life crisis. And uh, my question is, what advice do you have for me for guiding someone spiritually who has no connection with Jesus Christ, and those who do have for moving on to the next generation after the dying process takes place? Well, uh, first of all, as long as we're handing out compliments to one another, I think it's an incredibly noble and important position uh, that you have to connect with people in those last times and those last moments of their lives. That season is a very difficult season. And I think first and foremost, Marty, that you uh, and you know this, you can more than anything, people just want to connect. They don't want to feel disconnected from the world or set apart and ostracized because they're in this place of illness or that they know that they are in the uh, on the last leg of their life and they end up getting treated different. People don't like to be around them because they're reminded about their own mortality and I think first and foremost, just to be able to connect with them is a is an incredibly powerful thing. 
and it brings peace and comfort and uh, quality to those last uh, that that last season of life there. And I think that that is incredibly important. Uh, as far as people's faith, they really, uh, from a Christian perspective, it talks about in First Peter three fifteen to be uh, ready and and willing to give answers about those who ask uh, about the hope that lies within you. So really it's about them connecting with you, seeing your own strength, and then asking about it. There is no way to force it upon them. The likelihood of someone being in that state and not knowing or having gone through the process of searching their own heart or searching you know, the world for faith is um, slim to none. People know who God is. People know who I am. People have searched uh, the majority of their lives in one way or another, have come across it, and they're either going to accept or reject it uh, under their own will. And you can only be somebody who answers questions should you be asked, uh, and and that's about it. There's no way to really um, push anything on them. It's It's a matter of being there and being a comfort to them and being loving, and if they have questions, they'll ask. And that is true, and I have had many questions asked of me in the work that I do, and uh, I really appreciate uh, the words that you have shared. They are extremely important and valuable, and I think uh, I am grateful. Oh, that's lovely, and and I and I hope so because it is a powerful thing that you do, and I and I would. Uh, I would bet that you are on the right track and you just have to, you know, somebody asks, you can say, well, this is how I deal with that. Or being of this belief system, this is how I deal with that. And people understand what you're saying and they'll hear it in the proper spirit. And that's, what's important. The Jesus Christ show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. When trouble is in my way, I can't tell my night from day. I'm tossed from side to side, like a ship on a raging tide. I don't worry and I don't fret, God will never fail me yet. Trouble's coming from time to time, but that's all right. I'm not the worrying kind because I, I got confidence. God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. I got confidence. God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am here every single Sunday with you, for you, talking about important things like life and the afterlife, answering your questions should you have them. And you can uh, give us a call if you have one of those questions. If you have a theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible, those types of questions. Or if you're going through something in life, we call them life situations. And you can call with a question about those life situations. The number is 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877 
465-9467. And uh, I know many of you have been asking about our website. Uh, we are modifying how it will work, kind of uh, reducing it down and redesigning it a little bit. So uh, you won't see it there for a bit, probably a couple weeks or so. Um, if you do want to uh, sign up for the Archive Club, you can still do that. You just go to connectpal.com, connectpal.com, and just search for The Jesus Christ Show, and you can still sign up there. Should you want to hear more of uh, The Jesus Show during the week, that's the way to do it. Go to connectpal.com, search for The Jesus Show, and you can still sign up for the Archive Club there. Um, but our regular website won't be up for a little bit as we're redesigning, reconfiguring, and all that good stuff uh, for the new year. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Uh, death, I know, is an intimidating thing, and many people, when they're faced with someone they care about uh, going through the pain or the last stages of life, uh, they don't know what to do. And even people of faith tend to go to those kind of cliche responses. And that's not what people want. Any more than people ever, your day-to-day life want to hear cliches all the time. They want to connect with you and they want to know that you're there and that you're present and that you see them as you know a living, breathing human being, not just somebody who's dying. And I know that gets difficult that a lot of people shy away from death because they're afraid of it themselves and they're, the, the thought of it and, and the pain and the weight of it all ends up making people kind of run the other direction. But I want to encourage you to connect with people uh, in your life that might be in that stage. Look them in the eye and, and treat them as the human they are. And that's really more than anything else what they want and what they need. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday. Right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. You can also follow us during the week and during the show on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. I'm very sad to learn about the death of actor Bill Paxton at the age of 61, uh, apparently due to complications of surgery, post-surgery situation. Uh, but so young, so young, and uh, on today of all days being, of course, Oscar Sunday, um, I'm sure that that will reverberate through the celebration ceremonies uh, this evening. But, of course, you know him from uh, Terminator, Aliens, and Apollo 13, Tombstone. Uh, he even, a lot of people forget this because of the way the part uh, is played, uh, but Titanic as well. So, uh, very sad and interesting, interesting, uh, note is I was watching a show recently about, uh, the death of JFK and the assassination and the day leading up to, and it's very interesting. It was narrated by Bill Paxton because in one of the photos of the last outdoor speech that Kennedy gave, you can see Bill Bill Paxton uh, as like an eight-year-old boy on the shoulder of his father in the crowd in a very famous photo. And he talked about the impact of that. And it makes me think and want to point out to you how everything kind of intertwines throughout life. You never know who you're going to touch or connect with or um, somehow move. And a lot of you will call up on the program and say nice things, and I appreciate that uh, because of the public connection that I have here. But really, every single day, you're connecting with people as well. And the things that you do have power and movement. And here you have someone like Bill Paxton, who obviously uh, connects through the art of filmmaking and connected with people that way, this husband, this father, Um, sharing his gifts that way. But if you don't have to have a radio program, you don't have to be a television and film actor, that the things that you do will carry weight. And you never know, whatever you do, uh, that there might be an eight-year-old boy, an eight-year-old girl, somebody who is looking to you, who is connecting with you for whatever reason and seeing something uh, that may be life-changing. And I think it's important to remember that. It's easy to do with somebody who is high profile, but don't forget that you connect and that you have power in people's lives 
and the things that you do are are seen and appreciated or understood, even good and bad. And so to be on that, be in that place of uh, understanding that you are on display of sorts every single day in the in the actions you do and the faith that you have or the lack of faith that you have and that these things are seen and noted by people and can be very powerful and uh, a sad loss indeed uh, for the Hollywood community. Rose, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Holy Host. Hi, Rose. How can I help you? Um, it's really Joanne. I don't want to hide behind this. Okay. You spoke to um, young man about the father um, with the abuse. It's uh-huh. quite common. Actually, a, a professional psychiatrist told me when I had gone. And I was abused by my father. And yet, when the minute my sister said, I was too, he did that to me. It was like so shocking. And um, just to cut it to the short, at that point, she said, don't say anything. I don't do things the way you do, Joanne. Let's uh, come out and we'll talk about this. But I didn't. I told everybody in the family. I ruined myself. And yet he's the one still in glory. And every day, it's like a projector in my life. Remember when we were in school? I'm in my 50s. You know, the projector, it's every day the exact performance that he made me perform on him, touching his, um, you know, God-given only through good stuff, you know, but when he abused me and I touched him, I think I might have been seven years old. Hmm. I, I, I don't even like to think about it, but it's like a projector and I can't let it go. And it's every day, every day in my life. And it's weird because it's every day I think about it and he's, 82 years old, and I loved when you said to that 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 father that called you the young father. You don't give a father a karma or a but, and he's a good father, but because it doesn't happen like that. But guess what? I'm the one that's been chastised. I truly believe, and a, and a therapist said everything you said. He's a bad man, and I didn't like to hear that. And you said it. And when you said it, I believed it then. Um, probably 10 years ago that he said he's a bad man. And I, what are you going to put an 82-year-old guy in, the, in jail? And how do I justify it with my sister? And I know he's abused somebody else. So what do you do? How do I get this out of my head? Is it? It's God. It's only God, I bet. Please help me with that. That's the end. I just, and by the way, you did tell me to call back a year ago. I was brought up Catholic, and there was a disconnect where I pray constantly, but I have faith, and you told me to read, you told me to start reading John, and I did. Thank you, my holy husband. Thank you, dear Jesus, because I read John, about 17 chapters, and it's, it's the history of, it's the history of Christ. But thank you for that. But um, how do I get this projector from every day? It's in my head. And this kid might feel guilt 
I don't. I think he's kind of twisted right now. And like he said, you you're about just justice. But I think it's not guilt. I think it's he feels his father's guilt because I do that when you you have a double mind. You love your father and then you hate him in some way. Oh, you you're so disappointed in some not hate, but you're disappointed in some way. So I want to end it at that. What should I do? Well, of course, you're you feel many different things because you're feeling them as a seven year old and as an adult. And to process all those things can be incredibly difficult um, because you're processing them as a child and, and as an adult. And you have to filter in the good and the bad. And that's why people try and put commas or buts or these types of things in there when they're describing somebody who was a family member who did horrible things. But you, the only thing you're ever called to do in life is do that which is righteous. And whether there is no time limit on being righteous, and if you have come to the conclusion that you were harmed uh, and you believe that your father harmed you and harmed your sister and maybe is harming other people, then you have to be accountable for that and you have to uh, respond the way you should. What should I... What? shall I do? Well, if you have evidence of being harmed by your father as a child. My sister confirmed it. She goes, Joanne, it happened to me. And I was, and that's when I told everybody and nobody, um, they heard me and they still accept me in the circle in the family, but I am kind of shunned like the black sheep. Well, my sister, it was there other reasons why the family treated you different prior to this? Um, I think that's a major reason, wouldn't you? Well, I, I'm saying that is there well, a pattern prior to that? I did it when I was drinking. I confirmed it I confirmed it to my mother and she said, You're lying. And I said, Well ask my sister Susan. And then when she called my sister, my sister confirmed it to her and that's what brought it into circle is your mother and father are are your mother and father still together every no mama is in heaven she died um okay so there's a a lot of pain and jumbled a lot of pain a lot of pain are there grandkids around oh my gosh yes and i think that he did probably do do uh, something to one grandchild well you're obligated to any others i i you just don't know but you're obligated to protect them and to confront the situation what's that when they're 82 years old do they still abuse it well actually a doctor said they do yeah of course they can if they're still breathing if they're it doesn't matter if you're the point is that somebody has to be accountable for what they've done first and foremost and also, the other children need to be protected. There is no rationalizing it or any of those things. And it doesn't mean that it's going to be fun, and it doesn't mean that the family's going to be thrilled about it. But ultimately, uh, their justice needs to be served. And your father needs help. And these things get... I, I realize that it, it can be painful to 
to to really have to stare these things in the face when they come when they enter into a family and all you want you know is this storybook everybody wants this storybook in life but those things don't normally happen the reality is people are hurt and broken and there are bad people as well uh that need to be accountable for the things that they do don't make excuses for your father or anyone else if your father did something wrong and you have evidence of that then you need to deal with it the same way you would if it was a stranger there is no difference because it's not about the individual it's about uh it's about the crime it's it's about what they did and i know that that's a, a painful thing to have to face but sometimes it needs to be faced sad but true it came knocking on your door you didn't ask for it but it's there and now you have to handle it it because it becomes your problem and your issue now It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. The website is currently down as we're doing some reconstruction and doing some new things for 2017, so uh, you will not see that. But if uh, those of you that are interested in the Archive Club, you can still get to the Archive Club by going to uh, connectpal.com, connectpal.com. Just search for The Jesus Christ Show. You'll find it there. If you want to hear more of the show during the week, that's the way to do it. You can find out all your get answers to your questions there. And uh, we have a good time. It's a fun way to connect as as well. Uh, It's the only current way to be able to uh, write me during the week. It just uh, gets very overwhelming any other way. And so this way, those of you who are really connected and focused on those things, this gives you the opportunity. But you can check that out at connectpal.com. Search for The Jesus Christ Show, and you can find out more about that there. Um, Linda. Welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello? Hi, Linda. How can I help you? Oh, Jesus. I am so honored to talk to you. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've known you since I was a little child. You have always been there in my life, and I'm just so grateful to talk to you. My question is, 
I feel that um, the, one of your thoughts told me that when we pass away in Christ, believing in Christ, mm-hmm. that I believe it is Mark tells me that we go into a big sleep and await for Christ to come back for the final days to bring us back to all be together mm-hmm. in the heavens on earth. Well, what is confusing to me is also how so many of us here today walking around think that immediately when you die, you become an angel then. And I want to know if we go into a big sleep or if we immediately become one of your angels. Okay, there's a there's a couple things going on in that statement, and there's a lot of verses that people you know kind of confuse. So rather than breaking down each particular verse. Let's look uh, an overview. One, humans never become angels. Uh, uh, a- angels are sp- are specific creations of God. So that's like uh, cartoon theology, where you see Bugs Bunny, you know, die and then come out of his body with a harp or something like that, going out in angels angels wings. Uh, that doesn't take place. Uh, humans do not become angels. Uh, The thing that people confuse, because the Bible is very clear, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, is it is appointed for man to die once, and then the judgment. Uh, These two verses in Corinthians and in Hebrews are are talking specifically um, about the spirit. So you have to separate the two. The physical body is what goes to sleep, and that will be resurrected in a glorified state just as mine was, or similarly as mine was, uh, that for those three days, it, the body was in the tomb, but my spirit was not. So likewise, the spirit will be in paradise. The spirit will be with God immediately. However, the body uh, will be resurrected uh, at that time, depending on your belief system and... and uh, and times beliefs and things like that. But at that time is when the body will be resurrected. So there's two different things going on there, and people confuse the two sometimes and put them together or put the timing together. To throw another bizarre concept on top of all of that is that you're dealing with a time continuum here on earth that you don't have in heaven. There is no time in the same way, in the same sense. So now you apply things like now or then to a time when there is no time or now or then, and it gets even more confusing. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. 
That's managementconcepts.com. years ago he walked this earth teaching guiding loving and preparing to make the ultimate sacrifice for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whomever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life what if today you could talk to him laugh with him Cry with him, not only through prayer, but through the radio. You are listening to The Jesus Christ Show. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. And now, here's our host, Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you. If you have a theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. And I would normally direct you to our website, but the website's down right now. So uh, we are in the process of redoing the website, so you won't find anything there, as a matter of fact. Um, But you can follow us, uh, and that should probably be a couple of weeks. Um, But uh, you can follow us on Twitter, of course, during the week and during the show, at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Always happy to connect with you and see everybody uh, awake and fighting the good fight that I know can be quite difficult at times. Robert, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Yes, 
My name is Robert, and uh-huh. I have a question. 2,000 years ago, we only had one offering for the Jesus Church. Now we have two offerings. First offering, when people give the most to Holy Land. Second offering is for our community, our church. I hear that LA Union Rescue Mission has not enough funding to feed the homeless. I think two offerings, two offerings that started 20 years ago. I think we should just have one offering for our community. That's final. Is there a question in there somewhere? Uh, my theory is why do we have two offerings? Okay. Why don't we just have one? Yes, that's my final okay. question. Okay, Robert. Well, there are a couple of things going on usually when there is two offerings. Uh, the first offering is for the church itself. Uh, the church needs to pay bills for lighting, uh, for air conditioning, for all kinds of things. They have to pay the staff. Um, in a Protestant church, oftentimes the pastor and m- many of the staff members have second jobs as well. So it's not like someone's living high on the hog there. Uh, in the Catholic church, not only are they paying for the, the church proper right there, but they have... Uh, money that goes towards the diocese and things like that as well. The second offering in any church, whether it be Catholic or Protestant, should be uh, noted. There should be an explanation as to why. Sometimes it's for a secondary charity, or like you you said, there are people that, uh, missions that need money and things like that, and it should be noted somewhere, whether it's... um, uh, noted from the pulpit or not is depending upon the church. Sometimes it might be uh, in your uh, announcements or in your booklet uh, that you'll get that explains what uh, mass is going to be or whether uh, what is uh, going to be discussed at the church. And these types of things should be noted. So whenever there's going to be that second uh, offering, it should be noted. As far as 2,000 years ago, people get the tithe uh, quite confused as to what tithing means and what it was at the time and what it should mean now. And it's very different. Uh, Bible, quite specifically in the New Testament, is about giving with a cheerful heart and being in a state of uh, giving for God totally different than some sort of mandatory guilt-ridden thing. So I think if your heart's in the right place and it's explained, uh, then be a part of it. If you don't, the the most important thing is to be a part of, uh, if you are part of that church community, to be a part of taking the burden of the bills for that church community as well. Uh, No one should be getting rich off of those uh, gifts, money offerings. But if there are two, it, one would be, the first one would always be for the church itself, for the church proper, where you're sitting, to pay for uh, the seats, the carpet, the everything, and the bills they have monthly, just like any other place has. The second one would be for something specific. If it's an ongoing thing, that maybe it's be, uh, a building fund. Maybe they're uh, building something and they need extra money for that new project or whatever it is. But they should tell you either way. And another thing that is very important for any church, if you are a part of that church and they are asking you to give, that at least once a year, 
you should feel comfortable going into that church, uh, not, you know, in some na- nasty form, but going in as a parishioner or as a member of the body of that church and asking to see their books, see where the money goes and how it's divvied up and things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. You are part of that system um, that you should know where it goes. You should never be turned away or never be treated poorly because you want to know how the church breaks up the money and divvies it up and where it goes to and for what reasons. I think that's a a very good practice to get into. A lot of people don't do that. They just kind of give and think, oh, that, you know, I'm just doing my duty and I shouldn't ask. But uh, it's very healthy to uh, go in and and ask about those things and participate in those things. Marty, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Well, hello. Thank you very kindly for taking my call. My pleasure. How can I help you? Well, I had a question. Uh, and first of all, I want to thank you for uh, what a magnificent presentation you have for a spiritual support. Oh, that's kind of you. Thank you for listening. Yes, I come from hospice care. And I deal with people who are on the edge of uh, the end-of-life crisis. And uh, my question is, what advice do you have for me for guiding someone spiritually who has no connection with Jesus Christ and those who do have for moving on to the next generation after the dying process takes place well uh, first of all as long as we're handing out compliments to one another i think it's an incredibly noble and important position uh, that you have to connect with people in those last times and those last moments of their lives they're, they're, that season is a very difficult season and i think first and foremost marty that you uh and you know this you can more than anything people just want to connect they don't want to feel disconnected from the world or set apart and ostracized because they're in this place of illness or that they know that they are in the uh, on the last leg of their life. And they end up getting treated different. People don't like to be around them because they're reminded about their own mortality. And I think first and foremost, just to be able to connect with them is, a, is an incredibly powerful thing. And it brings peace and comfort and... Uh, quality to those last uh, that that last season of life there, and I think that that is incredibly important. Uh, as far as people's faith, they really, uh, from a Christian perspective, it talks about in First Peter three fifteen to be uh, ready and and willing to give answers about those who ask uh, about the hope that lies within you. So. Really, it's about them connecting with you, seeing your own strength, and then asking about it. There is no way to force it upon them. The likelihood of someone being in that state and not knowing or having gone through the process of searching their own heart or searching you know, the world for faith is um, slim to none. People know who God is. People know who I am. People have searched uh, the majority of their lives in one more way or another have come across it, and they're either going to accept or reject it uh, under their own will. And you can only be somebody who answers questions should you be asked uh, 
and and that's about it. There's no way to really um, push anything on them. It's it's a matter of being there and being a comfort to them and being loving. And if they have questions, they'll ask. And that is true. And I have had many questions asked of me in the work that I do. And uh, I really appreciate uh, the words that you have shared. They are extremely important and valuable. And I think uh, I am grateful. Oh, that's lovely. And and I, and I hope so, because it is a powerful thing that you do. And I, and I would, uh, I would bet that you are on the right track and you just have to, you know, somebody asks, you can say, well, this is how I deal with that. Or being of this belief system, this is how I deal with that. And people understand what you're saying and they'll hear it in the proper spirit. And that's, what's important. The Jesus Christ show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. When trouble is in my way, I can't tell my night from day. I'm tossed from side to side, like a ship on a raging tide. I don't worry and I don't fret, God will never fail me yet. Trouble's coming from time to time, but that's all right. I'm not the worrying kind because I, I got confidence. God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. I got confidence. God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am here every single Sunday with you, for you, talking about important things like life and the afterlife, answering your questions should you have them. And you can uh, give us a call if you have one of those questions. If you have a theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible, those types of questions. Or if you're going through something in life, we call them life situations. And you can call with a question about those life situations. The number is 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. And uh, I know many of you have been asking about our website. Uh, We are modifying how it will work, kind of uh, reducing it down and redesigning it a little bit. So uh, you won't see it there for a bit, probably a couple weeks or so. Um, If you do want to uh, sign up for the Archive Club, you can still do that. Just go to connectpal.com, connectpal.com, and just search for The Jesus Christ Show, and you can still sign up there. Should you want to hear more of uh, The Jesus Show during the week, that's the way to do it. Go to connectpal.com, search for The Jesus Show, and you can still sign up for the Archive Club there. Um, But our regular website uh, won't be up for a little bit as we're redesigning, reconfiguring, and all that good stuff uh, for the new year. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Uh, death, I know, is an intimidating thing, and many people, when they're faced with someone they care about, uh, 
going through the pain or the last stages of life. Uh, They don't know what to do. And even people of faith tend to go to those kind of cliche responses. And that's not what people want. Any more than people, your day-to-day life, want to hear cliches all the time. They want to connect with you and they want to know that you're there and that you're present and that you see them as, you know, a living, breathing human being, not just somebody who's dying. And I know that gets difficult that a lot of people shy away from death because they're afraid of it themselves and they're the the thought of it and, and the pain and the weight of it all ends up making people kind of run the other direction. But I want to encourage you to connect with people uh, in your life that might be in that stage. Look them in the eye and, and treat them as the human they are. And that's really more than anything else what they want and what they need. show i am your holy host happy to be with you this sunday as i am with you every single sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife i encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the us of a dial 877 holy host numerically that's 877 with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Six five nine four six seven. You can also follow us during the week and during the show on Twitter at Jesus Show at Jesus Show. I'm very sad to learn about the death of actor Bill Paxton. 
at the age of 61, uh, apparently due to complications of surgery, post-surgery situation. Uh, But so young, so young. And uh, on today of all days being, of course, Oscar Sunday, um, I'm sure that that will reverberate through the celebration ceremonies uh, this evening. But, of course, you know him from uh, Terminator, Aliens, and Apollo 13, Tombstone. Uh, he even, a lot of people forget this because of the way the part uh, is played, uh, but Titanic as well. So uh, very sad. And interesting, interesting uh, note is I was watching a show recently about uh, the death of JFK and the assassination, and the day leading up to. And it's very interesting. It was narrated by Bill Paxton because in one of the photos of the last outdoor speech that Kennedy gave, you can see Bill, Bill Paxton uh, as like an eight-year-old boy on the shoulder of his father in the crowd in a very famous photo. And he talked about the impact of that. And it makes me think and want to point out to you how everything kind of intertwines throughout life. You never know who you're going to touch or connect with or um, somehow move. And a lot of you will call up on the program and say nice things, and I appreciate that um, because of the public connection that I have here. But really, every single day, you're connecting with people as well. And the things that you do have power and movement. And here you have someone like Bill Paxton, who obviously uh, connects through the art of filmmaking and connected with people that way. This husband, this father, um, sharing his gifts that way. But if you don't have to have a radio program, you don't have to be a television and film actor, that the things that you do will carry weight. And you never know whatever you do... uh, that there might be an eight-year-old boy, an eight-year-old girl, somebody who is looking to you, who is connecting with you for whatever reason and seeing something uh, that may be life-changing. And I think it's important to remember that. Uh, It's easy to do with somebody who is high-profile, but don't forget that you connect and that you have power in people's lives and the things that you do are are seen and appreciated or understood, good and bad. And so to be on that, be in that place of uh, understanding that you are on display of sorts every single day in the, in the actions you do and the faith that you have or the lack of faith that you have and that these things are seen and noted by people and can be very powerful and uh, a sad loss indeed uh, for the Hollywood community. Rose, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Holy Rose. Hi, Rose. How can I help you? Um, it's really Joanne. I don't want to hide behind this. Okay. You spoke to um, young man about the father um, with the abuse. It's quite uh-huh. Actually, a, a professional psychiatrist told me when I had gone, and I was abused by my father. And yet, when the minute my sister said, I was too. He did that to me. It was like so shocking. And um, just to cut it to the short, 
at that point, she said, don't say anything. I don't do things the way you do, Joanne. Let's uh, come out and we'll talk about this. But I didn't. I told everybody in the family. I ruined myself. And yet he's the one still in glory. And every day, it's like a projector in my life. Remember when we were in school? I'm in my 50s. You know, the projector, it's every day the exact performance that he made me perform on him, touching his, um, you know, God-given only through good stuff, you know. But when he abused me, and I touched him, I think I might have been seven years old. Hmm. I, I, I don't even like to think about it, but it's like a projector, and I can't let it go and it's every day every day in my life and it's weird because it's every day i think about it and he's 82 years old and i love when you said to that 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 father that called you the young father you don't give a father a karma or a but and he's a good father but because it doesn't happen like that but guess what I'm the one that's been chastised. I truly believe. And a, and a therapist said everything you said, he's a bad man, and I didn't like to hear that. And you said it. And when you said it, I believed it then. Um, probably 10 years ago that he said he's a bad man. And I, what are you going to put an 82-year-old guy in, the, in jail? And how do I justify with my sister? And I know he's abused somebody else. So what do you do? How do I get this out of my head? Is it? It's God. It's only God. I bet. Please help me with that. That's the end. I just. And by the way, you did tell me to call back a year ago. I was brought up Catholic, and there was a disconnect where I pray constantly, but I have faith. And you told me to read. You told me to start reading John, and I did. Thank you. My holy host, thank you, dear Jesus, because I read John, about 17 chapters, and it's, it's the history of, it's the history of Christ. But thank you for that. But um, how do I get this projector from every day? It's in my head. And this kid might feel guilt. I don't, I think he's kind of twisted right now. And like you said, you, you're about just, justice. But I think it's not guilt. I think it's he feels his father's guilt because I do that. When you you have a double mind, you love your father and then you hate him in some way. Oh, you you're so disappointed in some not hate, but you're disappointed in some way. So I want to end it at that. What should I do? Well, of course you're you feel many different things because you're feeling them as a seven year old and as an adult. And to process all those things can be incredibly difficult um, because you're processing them as a child and, and as an adult, and you have to filter in the good and the bad. And that's why people try and put commas or buts or these types of things in there when they're describing somebody who was a family member who did horrible things. But you, the only thing you're ever called to do in life is do that which is righteous, and whether there is no time limit on being righteous, 
And if you have come to the conclusion that you were harmed uh, and you believe that your father harmed you and harmed your sister and maybe uh, is harming other people, yeah. then you have to be accountable for that. And you have to uh, respond well, the way you should. What should I, what shall I do? Well, if you have evidence of being harmed by your father as a child. My sister confirmed it. She goes, Joanne, it happened to me. And I was, and that's when I told everybody. And nobody, um, they heard me and they still accept me in the circle in the family, but I am kind of shunned like the black sheep. Well, it was there other reasons why the family treated you different prior to this? Um, I think that's a major reason, wouldn't you? Well, I, I'm saying that is there well, a pattern prior to that? I did it when I was drinking. I confirmed it. I confirmed it to my mother, and she said, "You're lying." And I said, "Well, ask my sister Susan." And then when she called my sister, my sister confirmed it to her, and that's what brought it into circle. Is your mother and father are are your that mother and father still together? Every no, Mama is in heaven. She died. Gotcha. Um, okay. Five. So there's a, a lot of pain and jumbled. A lot of pain. But a lot of pain. Are there grandkids around? Oh my gosh, yes. And I think that he did probably do do uh, something to one grandchild. Well, you're obligated to any others. I, I, you just don't know. But you're obligated to protect them and to confront the situation. What's that? When they're 82 years old, do they still abuse? It well. Actually, a doctor said they do. Yeah, of course they can if they're still well, breathing. If they're, they, it doesn't matter if you. The point is that somebody has to be accountable for what they've done first and foremost, and also the other children need to be protected. There is no rationalizing it or any of those things. And it doesn't mean that it's going to be fun, and it doesn't mean that the family's going to be thrilled about it. But ultimately, uh, justice needs to be served. And your father needs help. And these things get... I, I realize that it, it can be painful to to, to really have to stare these things in the face when they come, when they enter into a family and all you want, you know, is this storybook. Everybody wants this storybook in life, but those things don't normally happen. The reality is people are hurt and broken and there are bad people as well uh, that need to be accountable for the things that they do. Don't make excuses for your father or anyone else. If your father did something wrong and you have evidence of that, then you need to deal with it the same way you would if it was a stranger. There is no difference because it's not about the individual. It's about, uh, it's about the crime. It's, it's about what they did. And I know that that's a, a painful thing to have to face, but sometimes it needs to be faced. Sad but true. It came knocking on your door. You didn't ask for it but it's there and now you have to handle it because it becomes your problem and your issue now. 
It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. The website is currently down as we're doing some reconstruction and doing some new things for 2017, so uh, you will not see that. But if uh, those of you that are interested in the Archive Club, you can still get to the Archive Club by going to uh, connectpal.com, connectpal.com. Just search for The Jesus Christ Show. You'll find it there. If you want to hear more of the show during the week, that's the way to do it. You can find out all your, get answers to your questions there. And uh, we have a good time. It's a fun way to connect as as well. Uh, It's the only current way to be able to uh, write me during the week. It just, uh, it gets very overwhelming any other way. And so this way, those of you who are really connected and focused on those things, this gives you the opportunity. But you can check that out at connectpal.com. Search for The Jesus Christ Show, and you can find out more about that there. Um, Linda, welcome to The Jesus Christ Show. Hello? Hi, Linda. How can I help you? Oh, Jesus. I am so honored to talk to you. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've known you since I was a little child. You have always been there in my life, and I'm just so grateful to talk to you. My question is I feel that um, one of your gospels told me that when we pass away in Christ, believing in Christ, Mm -hmm. that I believe it is Mark tells me that we go into a big sleep and await for Christ to come back for the final days to bring us back to all be together mm-hmm. in the heavens on earth. Well, what is confusing to me is also how so many of us here today walking around think that immediately when you die, you become an angel then. And I want to know if we go into a big sleep or if we immediately become one of your angels. Okay, there's a there's a couple things going on in that statement, and there's a lot of verses that people you know, kind of confused. So rather than breaking down each particular verse, let's look uh, an overview. One, humans never become angels. Uh, uh, Angels are are specific creations of God. So that's like uh, cartoon theology where you see Bugs Bunny, you know, die and then come out of his body with a harp or something like that going out in angels' angels wings. Uh, That doesn't take place. Uh, Humans do not become angels. Uh, The thing that people confuse, because the Bible is very clear, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, is it is appointed for man to die once, and then the judgment. Uh, These two verses in Corinthians and in Hebrews are are talking specifically um, about the spirit. So you have to separate the two. The physical body is what goes to sleep, and that will be resurrected in a glorified state just as mine was, or similarly as mine was, uh, that for those three days, it, the body was in the tomb, but 
my spirit was not. So likewise, the spirit will be in paradise. The spirit will be with God immediately. However, the body uh, will be resurrected uh, at that time, depending on your belief system and and uh, end times beliefs and things like that. But at that time is when the body will be resurrected. So there's two different things going on there, and people confuse the two sometimes and put them together or put the timing together. To throw another bizarre concept on top of all of that is that you're dealing with a time continuum here on earth that you don't have in heaven. There is no time in the same way, in the same sense. So now you apply things like now or then to a time when there is no time or now or then, and it gets even more confusing. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. years ago he walked this earth teaching guiding loving and preparing to make the ultimate sacrifice for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whomever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life what if today you could talk to him laugh with him Cry with him, not only through prayer, but through the radio. You are listening to The Jesus Christ Show. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. And now, here's our host, Jesus Christ. Are you ready?
It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. You can also follow us during the week and during the show on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Rick, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Rick. How can I help you? Hey, I have a uh, question, kind of a, a theology question for you. Um mm-hmm. Have you heard of the Mandela effect? Yes. Uh, Fiona Broom coined the term. Uh, The Mandela effect really deals specifically with something called confabulation. It's uh, kind of a defect in memory where people, even large amounts of people, can remember something incorrectly. That's how people misquote films. Uh, A famous one is uh, Luke, I Am Your Father from Star Wars. And that it's never said um, uh, and in that way. And so people remember these things, and then that becomes the phrase that everybody remembers, but it's not the way it actually took place. So, or like, like a box of chocolate. Yeah, there, there, are, there are things, and people get them sort of right, but then they kind of twist them, and they would swear by the fact that, that they're remembering it correctly, but in fact they're not. So you think – so you're saying that – all these effects are just a memory confabulation, basically. No, I'm saying that there. Yeah, the confabulation is is kind of the big term that kind of covers all of that. The Mandela the Mandela effect is actually a term that was coined by uh, Fiona Broom, uh, who is a self described paranormal consultant. But she she talks about that because she had a memory, a false memory about Mandela. And so that's why she refers to it as the Mandela effect. But it's really right. in in psychological circles and things like that, it would be uh, described as confabulation. Right. So how well, can I help so, you on that? Well, I've, it's based on the theory that that there are several dimensions and they are all almost uh, like the one we're in now. And I was just wondering if you, what your your thinking is on that was, and if you if if you were, for instance, if that's true, were were you sacrificed in every dimension? Was oh. there a Satan in every dimension? You know, um, and is it something we have to worry about? I mean, it's it seems real to me. And well, no, let's let's that are in the Bible. You've got to kind of separate these things a little bit, Rick, because confabulation is an actual is is an actual real phenomenon. However, the Mandela effect or uh, Fiona Broom taking it to a place where it deals with multidimensional uh, remembrance or uh, different things having in different dimensions and people remembering them and that they're all right. And that is not the belief of this program in any way, shape, or form. So 
Uh, well, I didn't think so. Yes. But so I, my answer would be no. That's not what's taking <laughs> going on. What what happens is is it is simple reinforcement. Somebody misunderstands something, mishears something, misremembers something, and then it's reinforced. And the reason why you get it with a multiplicity of people is because something triggers in the way that it's described. Something is triggered, and people remember it incorrectly. However, what the Mandela effect doesn't look at um, that you have to look at with confabulation is that there is still a reality in which everyone else judges whether it was right or wrong. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to say you wouldn't come up with a name for it. Fact is, there is a reality that people can look at and say, no, you can go back to the movie Star Wars and you can say, no, this is not uh, what was said in that scene. And quite often what ends up happening is because of the power of something becoming um, so important for the time, whether it be a film or a statement, whatever it might be, that it moves people and they they uh, go to quote it quickly. And in their haste uh, of quote, uh, quoting something, it gets quoted incorrectly and that gets passed on more and more and then it becomes part of the pop culture or um, uh, somebody puts it on a T-shirt incorrectly and it just perpetuates it. However, you can always go back to the source, see the actual source, and show a point to it being wrong but usually it never changes the actual context. For instance, Darth Vader, with that analogy, does tell Luke that he, in fact, is his father. He just doesn't say it that way. Correct. So um, how? what's your question? How does it tie into there's, there's, the Bible? There's a lot of them in the Bible. For instance, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the, in the Bible, I always thought it was heavens and plural, and it is only heaven. There are many examples of the Bible of the Bible being changed, and that's why I really brought it up to you. But there aren't... Uh, now, people may remember, misremember things in Scripture, but they so weren't many, changed. So many Scriptures. I mean... No, people misremember them all the time. People say that there were three wise men, there weren't. People say that there was two of each animal on the ark, and there wasn't. But you can go to Scripture, and you can see that there incorrect like people remember the lion laying with the lamb and it's not a lion it's a wolf you know I, yeah I don't but but these things but with me. that doesn't but, resound with me but you can find the truth you just proved it yourself by looking you can see that people just misremember it that's okay people but are allowed to I'm misremember it, but if the theory is correct that it changes no, the, the, chapter the one of Genesis hasn't changed. It says heavens. It's plural. That's never changed. No, it doesn't. It says heaven. Look at it. In the, be- in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It period. It doesn't say plural heavens. It does indeed. Look, read it. It, do- read I, it. <laughs> it does Get indeed. Get out of the Bible. It, Get out of the Bible, please. It does indeed. And, and interestingly enough, it says it in the original language as well. And and throughout and throughout Scripture, when it describes the heavens, it describes them plural. And the reason for this is there are multiple. There, the reason for this is that there are multiple heavens. There are different descriptions. There is uh, the heavens when you look up and see the atmosphere, the blue, what you would uh, call the blue sky. That is one heaven. The second heaven is space. That is what is behind the atmosphere of the earth. And the third heaven 
is God's domicile. It's where God lives. I say that in quotes because God is not in one place. But that is the uh, final resting place of God's saints. And they're described that way throughout Scripture. And yes, in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That doesn't change. So possibly we were witnessing confabulation right there, live on the program. show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question. Anywhere in the US of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. You can also follow on Twitter during the week and during the show at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. And like I said, uh, the website has been down for a week or so, and it will be down for another couple of weeks as we're redesigning and simplifying the website. Uh, But if you uh, would like to listen to more of the show during the week, the best way to do that is become part of our archive club, and you can still do that by going to ConnectPal dot com connectpal.com just search the jesus show jesus christ show and it'll come up there and explain uh, the whole process there if you are still interested okay so we were up against the clock there as we were chatting about heaven versus heavens so what happened was it 95 of you went to your scripture in different versions whether it's the niv the nasb or what have you and looked and said it said heavens and then uh, a smaller group of you went to your King James uh, version uh, and flipped through it and said, wait a second, here it says heaven. That's why I had made note uh, in, a, in the discussion that in the original Hebrew that it was plural. 
um, to kind of cover that. But to clarify for those of you who are looking and going, oh, my gosh, my, my King Jimmy says singular. Uh, shamayim, which is the word there in Hebrew, the im is pluralized. And that's the word that is translated into heavens. Now, there are uh, the, the King James Version would be considered a mistranslation uh, because of the fact that it uh, misrepresents the context and uses the im uh, to translate for the size of heaven rather than the plurality of heaven which can be done with the strict language, but is not proper for the context in which it's stated, nor, and it, we talk about this on the program about uh, learning and studying Scripture all the time, is that Scripture is defined by more Scripture. You don't need to go outside of it. You let Scripture define the context. So if you go throughout other parts of Scripture, it defines the plurality of heaven as those three things that I described. So the context of Scripture now applies the context of that verse, and therefore it should be uh, translated as heavens, not heaven, and then using the im, shamayim, the im is plural at the end, as uh, in the Hebrew, as a term for the size, which does happen on occasion that the suffix of I am, im, at the end of a Hebrew word, sometimes can refer to size, but most often refers to plurality. So um, context is everything. So those of you with the King James that are looking at that going, ah, but if you look at other, uh, just about every other translation, it will always be plural. That's why. So that is not, that is not looking upon that and going, okay, well, look, here you have the two different things. No, it's very specific, and the rest of Scripture refers to uh, the three heavens. So it would be plural, would be the appropriate translation, not singular, not referring to size. The Jesus Christ Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Always 
so much better when you're here with us as we are here with you this Sunday as we're here every single Sunday. Same time, same place, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. Uh, You know, I have opened up a box when it comes to translation, so although we talk about this from time to time, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. You know, time to time here on the program, I think it's probably a good time to get into what translations are and how to understand them better. When when you're dealing with Genesis 1, and the caller that had called about in the beginning, God created him reading from the King James Version, the heaven and the earth, that the context does not allow that translation. really doesn't. The, uh, if you went word by word, that word can mean different things, the word there for heaven is uh, shamayim. Now, the im is what makes it plural, although it can be referring to size, but the context of the full scripture is what gives it that meaning. So people say, well, so my Bible's wrong. No, because here's the thing. It doesn't change the meaning because you get the full meaning in context throughout scripture in its fullness you'll still get the meaning. And you can refer to the sky, for instance, uh, because all heaven means is, you know, the space above. And if you take that, let's say you use the word sky now, you could be referring to the sky as space too, as any space above you. And it wouldn't be that you would be incorrect. It just wouldn't be as detailed or descriptive. That's all. So it's not that the Bible is the mistranslation is somehow going to spiral you out of control and misunderstanding who God is. It won't. You'll just get further in, and when it refers to the three heavens, you'll go, wait a second, but then the fullness of uh, the word will come to light. So there is, there, it, you're not going to augur your faith based on that word in that context and the way it's translated. So... Don't everybody um, get freaked out and start running in circles in your home. Uh, When I say mistranslation, it means what happens when you are reading from an original text in original language. Keep in mind that the Bible was written over a span of 1,400 years, 
by around 40 authors in three different languages, in times of peace and times of war, by kings and peasants, on three different continents. There's a lot going on. But you're dealing with those three languages, the Hebrew, the Greek, and uh, a little bit in Aramaic. And someone has to come and read those original texts and then translate them. So every book in ancient history that was written in, in a different language, your, the version you're reading, you're reading Homer's Iliad, uh, you're reading any of these things, you're reading a translation, you're reading the uh, Art of War, you're reading a, Sun, uh, not Sun Tzu's original words, you're reading a translation. That's why it's copywritten, it's copyrighted rather. And that's why you look and uh, you will see the name of the author or the translator there. That's why even the Bible is copyrighted, the different versions, because someone spent the money and hired the scholars and took the time to translate from the original text so that you could read it in English. And there are going to be some things that Uh, There's going to be some wiggle room when it comes to translation. But the key is not, the the key is that the, the overall meaning never changes. So if I say there was a bright light or I say there was bright illumination or I would say there was light that came and it was bright, all these things are going to mean the same thing in the context of what you're reading. And sometimes things don't translate the way, uh, you know, specifically the way you might like. So you read them in the fullness of Scripture. It's called hermeneutics or the harmony of Scripture. So keep that stuff in mind um, that it's not, oh, no, I've got a, a horrible translation. The King James Version is a beautiful version. It's not a great version to study from for that reason. There are much better translations. My producer, Neil, Loves the New American Standard. Thinks it's a great study Bible and a lovely reading Bible. But you should always have multiple versions on hand. And you can go to... uh, Biola has a great resource called the Unbound Bible online. And you can go and look through multiple versions. Compare, uh, pick a verse and compare the verse. You can go back and forth. uh, Get a good... uh, Concordance, like Strong's, uh, where you can go and look the word up, and you can say, what is the word here in the original language, and how is it used in other scripture or other verses, and see how it compares. All those things are a good way to understand and to utilize uh, your studies uh, in the scriptures. Mike, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hiya, Mike. How can I help you? Well, first, I just want to say it's uh, always good to hear some bad religion on the radio. Well, yes. Uh, of course, uh, our board op, Tony, always keeps it lively here on the show. It's nice to know you guys are fans of punk rock. Of course. Uh, my producer, Neil, grew up in the punk rock movement, so it's never far from the program. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> How can I help you today, um, Mike? Well, I'm just calling because I'd like to get your opinion on uh, you know, some dreams I've been having. Now, it's pretty apparent that my fears are seeping into my dreams, and you know maybe it's time for me to confront them. Um, 
I'll give you a couple of dreams uh, as an example that I've had. Um, one of them, I was being stalked. Now, this is, you know, it's going to sound really strange, but I was being stalked by this blue velvet rhino. You know, it was waiting for me outside of my house, just waiting for me to come out to confront it. And I was just terrified, and I wasn't going to do it. Okay. Another one I had, um, uh, it was raining gorillas, okay, just just pouring gorillas. And they, you know, as soon as they hit the ground, they were chasing me. I was running for my life, jumping over everything just to get away from these things. And, yeah, I, I know a gorilla, you know, it's not a monster, but it, when it's raining gorillas, you're going to want to get away from that. So, you should put uh, that on a T-shirt. That makes a great quote. Yeah, when it's raining gorillas, you're going to want to get away from that, indeed. Well, now someone's going to steal that idea. <laughs> yeah, that's done. But, Mike, the, 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 two, the fact that they're, they're two massive animals, you know, the blue suede notwithstanding, but the fact that they're two massive animals, uh, yeah. you know, what do you make of it? What are your real – let's jump from the, the, the dreams because – here, here's the thing with dreams in, in a nutshell, and I know people try, you know, dream analysis and all this. The fact is your body is um, in uh, a state of repairing. Uh-huh. It shuts down the systems. Imagine a factory. It goes, okay, in order for us to work uh, at full speed every single day, we have to shut down as much as we can during the night so that we only have the, the bare bones, the least amount that we can have running. We're going to have running in the factory uh, just so that we don't have to power it back up completely uh, tomorrow morning. But um, it needs to get rest, it, uh, the fatigue of working all day. So we're going to shut it down. So your body's working on a minimum. It's keeping your heart going, blood pumping, your breathing, and all of that, your brain function. But it shuts down a lot. Uh-huh. And so you're in a strange state to begin with. Now, a lot of people describe dreams as different things, but there are chemicals that are going through this. Your your sleep, what they refer to as sleep hygiene, is important. Uh-huh. When you go to bed, how you go to bed, what you do before you go to bed, what you eat before you go to bed, um, if you listen to anything while you're in bed, all these things play a part of what you're going to experience or how you're going to remember it. Uh, oftentimes, uh-huh. you're in a lucid state, so you're kind of in between that deep dream state and kind of waking up, and that's why you end up remembering them, because you dream all the time and you you don't remember them at all. But uh-huh. there, if you imagine it like a mirror, if you looked at a mirror, you, everything would be in its place. The door would be where it's supposed to be. You'd be staring at it. The window would be where it's supposed to be. The sky is the sky. The ground is the ground. But if you broke it, broke the mirror, and and they kind of twisted on their axis just a little bit, you'd end up getting... Uh, the door is now on the floor, and the the ceiling is the floor, and the the sky is the ground. The ground is the sky, and you have four eyes, but you know it's you, and you ha- it just kind of skews. It's still a real image, but the image uh-huh. is skewed, and so what your brain tries to do is piece it back together in a place that makes sense, and it will just go, I, I've got this blue that I need to do something with. I'm going to throw it on the rhino. That's usually what's taking place. However. If you so so let's put that you know because your brain just starts to take all of those pieces when you will when you awake when now that we, you awaken you start going okay they have to make sense because 
life has to make sense. That's how you get from point A to point B, and you you know uh, pick up uh, and drink the orange juice and not the gasoline. It needs to make sense. So your mind starts to piece together that broken mirror in its wakeful state now, and it won't always make sense because it it doesn't know. It's just kind of putting it together and says, I have this blue. I got to do something with it. I don't know where it went. I'm going to put it on the rhino. That's the basic outlook of what's going on when you dream. Um, Now, the other part of this is your fears. It's somehow it's you're saying, okay, it ties into my fears. What are your real fears? I know general people are generally people are afraid of gorillas. I get that. And a rhino is not something you want to mess with. But you don't have a fear of rhinos and gorillas because you don't live near them. And you don't have it day to day. So what is your real, what's real fears that you have when you're awake? Well, I'm not afraid of animals per se. I I do have a phobia of spiders, but that's, you know, that's nothing to do with this. Um, I would say, you know, my fears, I have a lot of fears that, you know, with people, dealing with people socially, you know, I've never really felt connected with many people. Things like that. Okay. So you have social anxiety? Yeah. Okay. Hang tight. We're going to chat some more. Can you hold on? Sure. Okay. Hold on. We'll chat some more in just a moment. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. Uh, We were chatting with Mike and uh, either he was on a cell phone and dropped off or what have you, but he's not there. Uh, I think that was a little uh, tribute with a little Channel 3 there for for Mike, who had commented about the punk rock music that you can hear on the show all the time. So, uh, Mike, we were talking about fear. And although he's not on the phone anymore, uh, let's finish up on that a little bit. Because I think a, a general idea about fear is important. We got kind of sidetracked with the fact that Mike felt uh, his fears were manifesting in his dreams a little bit there. He had the the, the very colorful dream about um, the blue velvet rhino and then he had one about it raining gorillas and him trying to get away both very vivid and striking images of massive beasts trying to come after you he said he had some issues with uh, social anxieties and connecting with people but here's how you have to look at fear and how you deal with fear 
if it's a legitimate fear, um, then you modify lifestyle. So what's a legitimate fear? The difference between a fear and a phobia. Uh, arachnophobia, which Mike mentioned as well, is a phobia because the majority of spiders cannot hurt you. They're creepy. They're crawly. Um, and all of that is a little weird. But they're, they're not going to hurt you. If they're not a black widow, they're not a brown recluse, they're not certain specific, specific spiders, they're not going to cause any major harm to you. So it becomes a phobia because there's, there is no real, there is no reason for the fear. If there is fear that is actual fear, something you should be concerned about, you have the same response. Your body is telling you, do not run into fire because you'll burn. That's a legitimate fear, and you want to stay away from that. Um, there Now, when you have anxiety, social anxiety, you've got a double-edged sword there because, yes, uh, being social has consequences. You can get attached to people, and they can reject you. There's all those things. But the phobia comes in when you won't die. There are ways for you to work around and to grow, and you have to press through and face those fears. As far as the dream aspect of things, like I said, your your dream is a broken mirror that made sense when it's whole, but because you are in the lowest form of um, being alive when you're sleeping, it, I mean, it's just turning off all the systems it can to let you rest and rejuvenate. That it's not really putting, there's no need for, there, there's no interaction with life at that point. So reality is not important to you being in the sleep state. You're just sleeping. It is only important if you awaken. If you awaken, then your body is saying you're going to have to interact with the real world again and it turns the systems on, and you start interacting. So what happens is you take the sleep state when it's nothing's important other than breathing and living and existing and the, the minimal brain power, and then you jump into the wake state, your brain will start to try and put those pieces of the broken glass together, broken mirror, to see and make sense of it as quickly as it can. And that's why you say, I was in, I was in my house, but it wasn't my house, or... Um, I was me, but I wasn't me. And you start saying that those things when you're trying to put together a dream because you're reconstructing something that was, you know, broken apart and that you don't have that interaction or any of those things. So uh, don't try and mix the two. That can be sleep hygiene and getting enough sleep and um, not eating certain foods and those types of things. The actual fear is what you need to look at. Is that something you should actually be fearful of? Then you uh, um, adapt to it. If it's not something you should be fearful of, then you need to learn to press through it. Those are the two things. And remember, more importantly than all the craziness in this world, these simple words. I am with you always.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.